she no. she oh. basically just said, look, you're not buying this ring for me anyway. You're buying this ring for yourself. And uh, and I just saw stars. I was so angry. And I just, it was flippant. I said it in a flippant way. And Why I, did you say it? I feel like um, I don't I was <laughs> I can't talk about it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Julia Meltzer. Welcome to Honey. On today's episode, I am interviewing my parents. Um, they've been married for 33 years. They love each other a lot. Um, since we recorded this, they've been like, oh, we should have been funny. We wish we were funnier, but like, they're just not funny people. So what are you going to do? But they are um, very smart and very sincere. And if you want to hear some middle-aged married people talk thoughtfully about their life choices, oh boy, this is for you. At one point, it just gets like so like just in depth. Like they're talking about their whole lives, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know, I don't even know how to deal with this. Um, uh, halfway through, when we're recording, my brother drops off my dog. He said he was going to take care of the dog, and then he didn't. He dropped it off, so <laughs> then the dog is there. <laughs> um, uh, but this is an intense, cool episode. Uh, You'll learn a lot about my parents and about me. I hope you enjoy it. Honey, 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 come home. Cause we've got things to talk about. I've been sitting here on my own. And I think we can work it out. first um how do i sound i sound good yeah. now mom i'm talking now you sound good now okay. dad <laughs> testing one two okay. one two okay <laughs> um i'm here with my parents hi they're doing their episode of honey <laughs> okay we're ready cool Okay, so you guys have been married for... 33 years. Okay. And you've prepared some fights to talk about? We have. And we also... Talk a little closer. Uh, yeah. We, we um, dated for five years before we got married, so we feel like we've got a 38-year relationship. And in fact, the first fight we prepared to talk about goes back to our dating days. Okay. Which we both remembered vividly. Wow. 37 okay. years later. Okay. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay, what happened? Well, we had been starting dating in April, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, so this was my junior year 
in college and mom's sophomore year in college. And, uh, you know, we'd gotten pretty serious during the course of the spring semester. Uh, and uh, mom had a summer job in Washington, I think working for NARAL. NARAL. Uh, National Abortion Rights Action League or National Abortion Rights League. And, um, which is it? Do you know? No, it's NARAL, so it's, it's Action, Action League. League. Yeah. National Abortion Rights Action League. Okay. And it's very cool. Very, very 70s. For sure. Very I, hip. I, it sort of took me by surprise my sophomore year that I was so passionately committed to that issue and I applied for the internship and I moved down to D.C. Uh, I think I had an apartment, you know, sharing with some other girls in Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia. I've never heard anything about this. Go on. So I was, um, I actually had a summer job working for Grandpa that summer between uh, junior and senior year in college. Less cool, less (laughs) 70s, less hip. Not hip at all. Uh, And uh, anyway, we had made a plan that I would come and visit one weekend and fly down to Washington and visit mom. Can I just say it really seems like you guys have talked about this and like gotten your stories straight. We reminded each other of what happened, but I was, but it's, but it's not like that because okay. we're each going to say how we felt. Okay. Because, so it was my job to pick up Dad at the airport, and we want to remind you that this was before cell phones, and uh, possibly we, I had a landline in my apartment, but I can't even guarantee that there was a landline that was installed. You didn't have a telephone. Well, I, must, I must have a. So there must you have had been a landline. A telephone. Must you have had a landline. Had a telephone. So. Because I can remember calling that fucking phone so many goddamn times. Okay. So anyway, so the I went to pick him up, but you know, there, I don't know why I didn't park. I must not have parked to meet you because I just remember circling that airport and I seemed for a long time that there was no... I think it's because no... it's the 70s. You're supposed to park and have a sign and hold a sign. Okay, well, I, that's what... I certainly did not do that. Okay. And I don't know whether I even knew maybe you were taking the shuttle down. And so, but I just remember like there's no Donald and I don't know what to do. So I probably... What do you, what do you mean there's no Donald? You... I mean, I was there physically, so... But I couldn't locate you. We're, we're, but you were driving your car in circles around the airport and couldn't locate I, him? That's what I... Re- no, I couldn't locate him, and so I drove back to my apartment. why couldn't you locate him? Because you were driving... You no. Did you get out of your car and I look don't, for him? I don't remember. <laughs> but No, you did not do okay. that. So, so I arrived, and expecting here I am, I'm in love... It's the first time we're getting together after, you know, we've been apart. I'm like, you know, just have all of the little fairy tale, you know, like, okay, I'm going to see Shelly. It's going to be great. I'm going to give her a huge kiss and hug. And I arrive and she's nowhere to be found. (laughs) And I can't, you know, uh, I mean, there were no, no cell phones, so... It was you and, know mid seventies, so I 
I like, you know, called, got to a pay phone, called the one number that I had, which, you know, and, you know, was calling, calling, calling. And it's like, you know, it's not 10 minutes. It's an hour. It's well, like, right, because no... you're calling the number. I'm not there. I was at the <laughs> airport, but I finally abandoned that, not having location. And I, I do want to say, like, I this is going back to having a families that had different approaches to the airport. So I feel like in your family, you would drive people to the airport, you would come and you would meet people at the airport. And that was like valuable and important. And this is so Julia, as you know, no, I, I just want to point out it's so, so like, just like, rich people both of you to be like our the way we were raised around air travel was different okay all right accept uh, that but um no because there were you know grandpa traveled a lot internationally and so you know we would when he arrived we would go and pick him up at the airport okay there, and everyone, everyone would the kids and grandma yeah Wow. So, and would you like stand there with a sign? No. We were pretty identifiable. We knew what <laughs> flight he was coming in on. But, and okay. And you all, you would like park at the airport and wait for him? Yeah, we'd park, definitely. So okay. maybe there wasn't that much air travel in my family growing up. So uh-huh. maybe I didn't have a culture of how to do air travel pickups. And <laughs> I, what I did, but anyway, I wanted to go. So I went back to the apartment. I gave up and went back to the apartment. Like that was like the one thing, like, okay, well, hopefully he'll call. He'll call the apartment. There's a one number. So He's expecting you to have like found some children to all stand and wait with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> how uh, his I, dad was greeted off the airplane. So. No, I was just <laughs> expecting her to be there. That's all. And you guys I, are horrible at bits. I want to remember... <laughs> Uh, I and I just I remember you standing by a fence outside, and when I finally retrieved you, would do you remember that? Well, I I remember finally getting you on the phone, and I was like, well, what the fuck are you doing there when you're not at the at the airport where you're supposed to be? And you know, it was just like it, this was like an hour after I'd arrived and. You know, he said, oh, well, it's the usual. Uh, I don't know this, that, and the other thing. Okay, you know what? I'll just come and get you now. And, you know, and so you got in the car, and then I waited whatever it was, another half an hour until you finally arrived, or whatever it was, yeah. if I could remember that. And But was it needless to say not the um, loving reunion that we had been anticipating? Was so. this your first fight? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yes. Okay. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, like I think that... I mean, we did have the visit to Aunt Sandy um, in New Hampshire in which, you know, Aunt Sandy was like, you know, <laughs> I've met... I've. It's okay. I knew some Jewish boys in college, too. And so, but I seemed to be okay with that. I didn't, we didn't have a fight about that. No. And even when the pigs got out of the barn, 
it was okay. Yeah. What? Yeah. What happened when the pigs got out of the barn? Well, um, so in the middle of the night, of course, we were we were we had been put in separate bedrooms. We'd been put in separate bedrooms, but we weren't in separate. In we weren't in we weren't in separate bedrooms, and uh, at about one in the morning, there was this sort of loud because this was shell mom's uh kimmy's sister's farm in new hampshire Hampshire. and you know in the middle of the night there's this large there's a lot of commotion going on and as you kind of know from mom's family there's a lot of like when intense things are happening they're shrieking there's like (laughs) you know and it's like Oh, the pigs are in the barn, gotten out of the barn, etc. Literal pigs had yeah, gotten no, out no, of the literal barn. Yeah, we literally got dressed and went to help chase the pigs back into their pen in the barn. How had they gotten out? I don't know. Through a hole in the fence. Aunt Sandy was there in her nightgown and, you know, just like... This was just... And this was the first Burt family... Um, exposure that I had. And, before and, even her parents? Yes, before oh, this wow. was the first. And it was also, I was... Aunt Sandy kept calling me Michael because <laughs> Michael was the one Jewish guy she yeah. remembered. And then she would correct herself. Oh, I'm so sorry. He's just making it worse. He's the just the only Jew I knew. Uh, and so I, you know... We didn't get into a fight about that. No, no, no we, we didn't. didn't. We, we had that a good okay. chuckle about Can it. Can I just say, just like on its face, it's weird that like the pigs got out when you guys were visiting and like I just don't feel like I would be doing my job if I didn't acknowledge the fact that it seems like you guys maybe let the pigs out or something. Because like that's so random. Did the pigs get out frequently? That's possible. And I think it was led to discussions of whose responsibility it was to keep the burn up so oh. uh, i think this was i think the, the family pig, the, matters the pigs got out quite regularly oh, and okay. I, it was a point of marital conflict between aunt sandy and uncle bark um so it but took we them, stepped in we didn't like conflict so rather than wait to see whether uncle barkley would go down to help with the pigs we offered to do it we were we were we were dragooned into doing it. I would okay. Say. okay, listen, this isn't about Aunt Sandy and Uncle Barkley. <laughs> anyway, but go ahead. You said you can edit anyway. So okay. do you want it? And we don't have to. No. I'm just trying to That's like okay. keep the ship on. Okay, its so course. we we. I don't so really remember anything okay. about so the how first badly fight, the first, the first fight. fight was, was the fight yeah. in in Alexandria or Virginia. and it was just me. I mean, I was the one who was. Uh, at fault right sure but like there you know there are some people who would just who would not be mad about it well there are some people who'd be like well airport it's it's the 70s we don't have cell phones there's nothing to do while you're waiting that's another thing there wasn't any oh it's a long time to wait but i it might have been that you know was i being considerate enough was i being thoughtful enough to think about how to show up and track someone down at the airport. But I, I want to say that I believe this is, like, I, I think of myself as a very um, 
you know, on top of it person. But That's when, hilarious. But, when, <laughs> but I, but when I panic, no comment. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, but when I panic, I know that I, I don't think straight. And I, I attribute some of what happened so many years ago to like panicking and just going to the one like thing that I knew, which is like, go back to the house and get to, on that phone, be near the phone as like the one thing. So I think that happens. Yeah. So it was, that is pretty much, I, I mean, I recall that somehow we managed to get ourselves on track and didn't spend the whole weekend in conflict or gnashing teeth. And, uh, you know. Yeah, so how do you, like, remember? when Was there yelling? I don't oh, remember. Oh, there was definitely yelling. <laughs> <laughs> I was very upset. I was like, I'd had my dream crushed. And, you know, it was uh, sort of that kind of combination of having a, like you know be wanting to be romantic and having a kind of a romantic image of what this reunion was going to be like and and you know it was just like okay I felt like this was really this it was obvious that this was more important to me than it was to mom Mm. because if it had been important enough to her then there wouldn't have been this mess up okay that is a very like that dynamic yes that is a dynamic in our fights that stuff is more important to dad than it is to you yeah and that that reveals something that is you know makes the other person feel bad what uh, that i'm not prioritizing dad enough oh okay like we were saying that um, in reviewing the fights to discuss that in fact, not so long ago, we had like a mini version of that exact fight and incident that happened 37 years ago. You're talking about yesterday? No, okay. no, not that recent, no. Um, no, but like the same thing. Uh, Dad coming home from this uh, city, need to be picked up at the train station called me and asked to you know can I pick him up at whatever seven no I wasn't coming home from the city I was actually coming home from a synagogue board meeting and we just I called you and Michael and we discussed the (laughs) that I should I was going to take the train from Larchmont and you said fine and we discussed exactly what time it was coming in and you know, I said, look, I can I could take a taxi from here. I, uh, even yeah. so, at any event. No, 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 I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up. And then the it was basically the next thing that happened was I looked at the clock and it was 10 minutes after the time that the train was arriving. You blacked out, you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I got busy doing other things. I got busy doing other things. And then then this was a good example as we because what happened at that moment i panicked i didn't do the sensible thing which would have been to call dad now that there's cell phones and say i screwed up and take a taxi i leapt into the car and like determined to finish this task of picking him up 
And of course, halfway down, there was a phone call like, where are you? And you you didn't send a text or anything? No, I just panicked. I just was like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. I've like, and I, all I could think about was completing the task. And I arrived in a high state of being upset as you were. And um, I think atypically for me, I, I attempted to go on the offensive. <laughs> but I can't remember what I would have said that would have been even plausible for going on the offensive. No, but, but you, you did. I, can't, I remember that. I don't remember it because there was no conceivable <laughs> offensive. But how you can did. you expect me to do blah blah blah? It would be something like that. I would have said. And you know, my killer argument in response was. Look, okay, so you lost track of time. You could have just called me and I yeah. would have taken a, ta- a taxi yeah. home. And so that just was, but you know, no, you didn't do that. And so it was, it was, you know, it was, it was snarky. For and a then while. it was like, you know, I didn't. You don't what, love me. I, I, I was I me. wasn't important <laughs> you enough. You go right there? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're both. So crazy. It's so crazy that you wouldn't text. Yeah. I I mean, that's like to admit vulnerability. And, you know, I probably have quite a bit invested in not admitting that. But you're going to... But you're going to get to the train station and you said it was uncharacteristically on the offensive. So presumably characteristically, you would get to the train station and have to be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. So why don't you just do that over text? And the problem isn't isn't even as bad because it's like, um, I mean, in many circumstances, I feel like absolutely when I'm under pressure. I mean, I'm someone who likes to think, think things out. In pressure situations, that shuts down completely. There just isn't any, you know, rational thought. And it, I mean, that you feel it physically, like you're overcome. I would like to point out that the deep pressure of the situation was picking up her husband at the train station in Greenwich. Yeah. Everybody, there was no illnesses, there was no emergency room visits, there was no, you know, no crisis. So. Yeah, but I felt like I let you down. Was very. Well, she probably feels like she is in crisis because she knows you're going to think she doesn't love you anymore based on this, which you admitted to, which is. (laughs) Yes, it's true. Equally, if not more crazy. Well, you know, but it's just because of the the pattern of behavior over many many years that you know of being left at the at the airport in at in in Washington D.C. not having any idea where where mom is, knowing when she's supposed to pick me up. Yeah. So, do you think like it compounds over the years? Do you think it's like? is worse because it's happened so many times well it i mean it's definitely like uh you know bottom of the totem pole that's the question no, the honest answer is no i don't think it compounds i think it it uh it actually has moved in the opposite direction uh and and that really is because over time you when you love someone, you come to understand what their weaknesses are, and you accept them, uh, and you at least accept them to a greater degree. And you know, and that's true for my weaknesses too. So, you know, you don't stay together for thirty-eight years without 
coming to terms with what your partner's weaknesses are. So okay. you do. You guys got another fight. I'm bored of airports and transmission. <laughs> we have another fight, and we also were going to tell you about, well, you probably don't want to know how we managed to stay together early on. You want to know, like, what are just the Just tell me about points? some fights first. <laughs> I, would, I would just, before we leave this topic, I would All just right. like to say that... There, there. In the in the two examples that we've given you, there is it. It really is an interesting question about whether modern technology helps or hinders fights because mm. because text is like flash anger, and I can just express myself really fast. But you know, anyway. So, but we'll tell you about other fights. I think it. I think it hinders. I would rather not have email, cell phones. I would rather not. Yeah. I think it's cooler not to. I would love to go to some sort of like amusement park where you don't have any of that and stuff. And if you're upset, it's just going to boil away until the person that you are upset about with appears. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's it kind of separate from separate from fights. I just I just um I would rather be like you know, you if you 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 can be by your phone or you cannot be by your phone, and yeah. and no one can expect to get in contact with you at all times. Right, that would be better. Okay, another fight. Are we going to go with the uh, most recent uh, dropping off at the train station fight? Are you serious? <laughs> I just told you I was bored with the train station. <laughs> Oh, it's not really. It. It's not about commuting. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just happened at the train station. Good lord. Well, well we I, no, are, I actually, I you know, I I just I do think that that fight, which also is a recent one, was is sort of in some ways it's kind of uh, it's the same issue in a different format. So let's. I think we could talk about the. I think we could talk about the ring. Oh, okay. okay. So, um, which I I really think was sort of the worst fight okay. we've had. We're going right to it. We're I'm giving you the worst so fight. I'm so excited. You were there. This episode's going to be called The Ring Fight. <laughs> so, uh, Did you hear that, Ryan? <laughs> okay. I think he heard. So, um, you know, as you... You may not know, uh, Mom, when we got married, um, Mom, I didn't buy Mom an engagement ring. and That's unusual. Why not? Because... It was the 70s. <laughs> no, actually, it was the 80s. It was the 80s. I didn't want an engagement ring. I didn't want everything that that stood for. What did it stand for? It, standed, it stood for, like... Uh, here is the evidence that I have the financial wherewithal to be your husband. And I, you know, like I'm showing it and it's like, it's not an exchange of rings. So it's like bride dowry or something. So uh, I, but you gave me a very nice present. You gave me a necklace. Which has all those same problems, right? No, because nobody would know that the necklace, I mean, it was you're not right, a sign, right. it wasn't a you're symbol. Right. You're right. We had very just nice, plain rings that we exchanged. It was, they were like matching. They at, at your wedding? 
Okay, yeah. so yeah. no no rings until wedding rings. Right, exactly. And, and no diamond rings. But there, no there, there was there was there was another reason, which is that I could not afford to buy an engagement ring. I was in law school, and uh, I didn't have any considerable savings, and the fact that we were getting married had caused essentially a divorce within the Meltzer family, so I didn't know whether, I basically was saving my money for the rest of tuition for my last year in law school. And, uh, you know, we, we were also, I can't remember, did your dad pay for the wedding that we had? I don't even yes, remember. Yes, yeah. yes, he did. Yeah. Thank you, so, Dad. So, uh, <laughs> but whether we contributed at all, I. But we 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 just we were we didn't have any money, uh, and Mom was a graduate student, and I was a law student. I was going to have a job, but so uh, no engagement ring for a variety of reasons, and. So, you know, over course of time, I... Okay, and just for the listeners, what was the Meltzer family divorce about? The uh, Meltzer family divorce was that my family was not... Uh, Your parents. My, my mother. My mother was not able to cope with the fact that I was getting married at all, first of all, and secondly, to somebody who wasn't Jewish. Okay. And so um, my mother basically throughout the course of a lengthy engagement did not did not get on board in any way shape or form and she ultimately she came to the wedding ceremony wearing dark glasses and sat in the back row and then left immediately after the ceremony and my father left um, during the cocktail hour and did not stay for okay. the wedding. So. so this was causing a lot of problems no melts or money R.I.P. Grandma. <laughs> there was. We, we got over it, and you were you were a big part of getting over it. Okay. So I was a big part of getting over it. Everyone. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. So, that's basically it. Was okay. yeah. So um, okay. when we got to our twenty fifth anniversary, I really decided I wanted to buy Mom a nice diamond anniversary ring. Like for her twenty fifth anniversary. Yes. Yeah. And, eight uh, years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago. And uh, or was it more than that? I think eight years ago. Well, 25 and, and eight. Uh, so it's interesting, actually, to hear Mom describe what her original objection was to the engagement ring because, you know, uh, she never articulated that either then or in this incident. So basically, uh, there was a... You know the ring mom has i really wanted to get her we went shopping for it we it was expensive it was you know it was uh it was all of that and you know i felt like i was doing something nice but also it was like you know after all these years it seems like the right thing to do and um uh you know we were having we were actually on the way to synagogue with and we with the children children in the back seat and uh but it was much longer than that because joy it wasn't just eight years ago joy was no maybe it was the 20th so maybe it was even i don't know but yeah. it was it was you know we were we were we were married for a long time already 
And um, and so we're talking about after synagogue, we would go shop again for the ring and look at this. And we got into some conflict about it. And mom said, uh, oh, I'm wincing. I'm wincing right cringing. now. This what did is... she say? She, no. she, basically, she just said, look, you're not buying this ring for me anyway. You're buying this ring for yourself. And... Uh, and I just saw stars. I was so angry. And I just, it was flippant. I said it in a flippant way. And Why I, did you say it? I feel like, um, I don't, I was, uh, <laughs> I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, 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 why did I say it? I mean, that would be the question. Like afterwards, I was like, as, as with many other times, like, why did I say that? <laughs> why did that come out of my mouth? And, um, but did you believe it? No, in fact, I didn't believe it. And I think that somebody had like made that comment to me. Like, and I, I'm going to be, I'm honestly, I don't, remember who said that or like so somebody had like planted that idea in me and uh it's very atypical actually idea it was not yeah. it's not in your nature to attribute sort of yeah. selfish motivations to your loved ones yes. just generally yeah so and so that was it was unusual. flippant and yeah. then it was just like i mean i <laughs> i feel like oftentimes I will like something like that will come out and then you know like okay this is it I'm just going to be mopping this up <laughs> for I don't know it could be you know the small things like an hour it could be the afternoon it could be you know however and I, I'm I that one I don't think I made any effort to defend I hope that I didn't I can't remember exactly how long it lasted but it was but we couldn't go we we you know began with like okay all right this was set it's bad you, as you said you saw stars but we are here we are going to continue with the going to this event uh and i think we got to the door and we were late it was a bar mitzvah maybe we were late and we looked at each other and you just said we're we're leaving we can't and we got all back in the car and we left okay so let me let me say so that you know the there's an element of this particular f fight that kind of runs through a sort of a what what i think was a conflict in our life together which was you know i was an investment banker i am again now uh and you know we a big part of the whole experience of succeeding in that career was continuing to progress and get promoted and the whole way the industry works is that you know it all kind of comes down to one evaluation once a year and in that evaluation you're getting uh, told whether you're getting promoted and you're getting told what your what your annual bonus is and it's a, usually a huge percentage of what your 
what your compensation is. And basically throughout our marriage, we, my need for mom's approval and uh, support for that event was much greater than her ability to to share that event. Okay, 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 okay. So like this yearly evaluation would happen and you would be like nervous leading up to it and needing support. Did someone just knock on the door? Yes, it's probably. Pause. Okay, okay, so this yearly event the evaluation and bonus giving will cause a lot of stress and you wouldn't were nervous leading up to it and would need support. Yeah. Need support would be of a variety of, it it would usually be like, well, what are your expectations and how do you manage your expectations? And, you know, it's this whole year of hard work and it was just, you know, it was always stressful. Uh, and it was partially based on an assessment of your own performance, but also based on how the bank had performed. So, you know, there was it was it was a very charged, time, emotionally charged time of year. And uh, and yes, leading up to it, there would be discussion about it. What are you expecting? What do you think is going to happen? That kind of thing. Between you two, or oh, okay, yeah, yeah okay. but I yeah. I think that I was like pretty supportive at that and i think maybe it's like this issue of celebrating the success Uh and i would say i i reflect on this a little bit is like i find it really hard to match emotions you know like (laughs) yes like everything has to be what mental illness do you have You know, it's pretty waspy. It's oh, pretty much you have it. you have Connecticut. <laughs> yes. You got it like everything is very moderate uh-huh. and so you shouldn't ever be like too much. Once Richard and everyone can after this go listen to the episode Two New England Leos. Yes, I was uh saying yes to that. <laughs> um but I also think that I don't know if you will believe this, but to me, it was partly like, I thought dad is great. I think he's great at his job. I think he's really good at what he did. And like that all of the good news was to be expected. And why the big, yay, yay. It was, I want you to feel like awesome and that you, that's right. That's true. I can see a version where someone's like, why are you so shocked? Why are you so happy? That's the, like, I think good. I think job. the thing you have to do is you have to you have to match emotions. You have to be like, oh my god, <laughs> so incredible! Yeah, 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 of course I expected this, but oh my god! But do you would you if I did that, you would not believe me. Yeah, you that's a good point. Like, what no, is no, her? No, no, no. I I think in all fairness, it's like you have to, you know, these were events that were life changing for us. Uh, in in some ways and they were life-changing in terms of the freedom we had and uh you know and 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 many many positive things and you know i actually think that as life has gone on um and we've seen other challenges 
with you know other people let's just say who were close to having financial issues you know i think mom has really come to see that you know that those were very important moments and not moments to take to take grant uh, for granted so uh, yeah maybe you felt like took it too much for granted or yeah i i, I think even worse than that i think that you were <laughs> I I think you were ambivalent about the money and what it represented. I think it also, it played into sort of the dynamic of your own career and, you know, your career being valued as an academic in a less financially rewarding way. Okay, okay, okay. Already so much, already so much. Okay. So, So, first of all, my mom made the dumbest face when <laughs> my dad started talking about her career I almost she oh, just okay. ma- like made her eyes really <laughs> wide and made a little like ooh <laughs> and then I couldn't even process anything because yeah. okay. it was so insane then but okay so you, you so she was ambivalent about the money and what it represented did you think that's true um I didn't don't think thought about it in that way, but uh, gosh, now we're gonna really like open up the whole kettle of you know career and let's do oh, it. I don't even know if I can talk about that either. <laughs> That's so <laughs> okay. I, Here we go. Uh, what, <laughs> I think you need to ask me some sort of more concrete question. I can't just expect okay. Me so to then, have. so then, Dad said. Also, it was about your career maybe being undervalued. So I can kind of understand wanting to. Well, and then the other thing I no. wanted to say is there's the the flip side, which is like you also don't want to be married to someone who's like, yeah, money, right? Like, right. Right. so sure. there's there's like you know, it was you know what, and I think it's it's about recognition of achievement, and I yeah. would say that. Uh, okay, there's something about me. I don't know how you, you feel, or you, but I don't feel that I, uh, in particular in any area of life, do a, a particularly good job about recognizing people's achievements. I'm like, yeah, either that was what you're supposed to do or it's obvious you're so good that you got recognized. Like, let's go. I, I don't feel that as a person, I need a lot of external recognition and I mean that certainly plays into a career in academics because I wrote a book and it sold 760 (laughs) copies and I'm like so happy about that I'm pumped and that book was published in 1992 and every year I get my royalty statements and like how much do you make well I was more gonna say like it will say like two books purchased (laughs) one book purchased but it's still selling. But I mean, that means it goes from seven sixty one to seven sixty three. But total you, books sold. Yeah. No dollars per year of royalties. No books sold one or two. <laughs> okay. I mean so, seven dollars and sixty three cents. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's less than that. But anyway, it's it's um, yeah. So I don't think that. I mean, if external recognition was the big thing, I would have done something else with my life yeah. and. It's all summed up in this old joke about why academic politics are so bitter. Mm-hmm. Because the stakes are so small. Mm-hmm. 
So. so, but I did it because I like it and I still like to sit down and write out something about an idea and say people aren't thinking about this the right way and this is a better way to think about it and mm-hmm. like that gives me great satisfaction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I hope I've like deflected the conversation enough so that we don't have to talk about whatever it was we were talking about before I don't even remember really no we were we were talking about whether that you felt that your career wasn't as valued as mine in the uh, context. Yeah, like uh, that was not the issue. The issue was always time, 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 time. What do you mean? Well, like we raising a family mm-hmm. and having a career. I mean, it's like uh, this mm-hmm. is like the most boring of the all the conversations of like work life balance and you I know think train stations are more boring than this. Okay, <laughs> so you know. Uh, I can't even can we even say it it's like so cliched the husband in the relationship is working 12 to 14 15 hours a day and that is absolutely all that can be done and there's no time left over for other household things and I'm grateful I have a career with time flexibility and so I could do all those household things and uh raise kids and have a good job and a satisfying job but it always seemed like there was not enough time like I I mean I don't even want to go into it but that's like the um so but okay, I mean, so that, what does this still have to there. do with the ring what does this have to do with the ring well the ring was you know in a sense it was sort of like this expensive item and that it was only an item that you know it, it it was the wearing of it and the buying of it somehow seemed to be a prioritization of my success versus uh, yeah and that i didn't appreciate that um you know i didn't appreciate that mm-hmm. loving thing and i mean i think that's another another thing about uh Sunflower seed. I think people that uh, give gifts to express Mm -hmm. their love Mm -hmm. and affection, and I think dad is good at that. And I don't think that I'm good at that at all. I, I. Wait, you give me good gifts. It takes a lot emotionally. Oh, really? Yeah, like your most recent birthday present. Uh huh. So. The first part of the birthday present was a huge success. You told me what you wanted. I got it for you. And you gave me like so so much positive feedback. Oh, like that's yay, great. yay. It's so great. Okay. It was a pet hair vacuum, everyone. <laughs> and then the second thing, I wanted to get you something else that you hadn't asked for. You know how long it took me to do that? How long? I spent the afternoon shopping for that. And I was just not sure, was this one good enough? Was that one good enough? No, no, no. It does this. This looks really nice, but I don't know if she'd like it. This looks really nice, but I don't like it. (laughs) And so I finally settled on that. And then I had to go back the next day to get the gift box. But I did it. Thank you. So so anyway. It was a wallet. (laughs) So that was my. But that is because I know that you like to receive gifts as a way to show that you are loved and appreciated (laughs) but i i like to give gifts too yeah and i i don't feel i'm good at that 
Okay. So, gosh, I just feel like there's really a lot going on. There's a lot going on with the ring fight. So, okay. There's also, there's a, a version where she says... So she, so you're feeling just like vaguely uncomfortable about the ring. You just don't like the idea of it, or what? Uh, well, I, it's like, is it so awful to say? I mean, it, it like you say, okay, this is a beautiful expression of appreciation, but there's, you know, shouldn't isn't there a nonprofit, a deserving nonprofit that should be receiving this money instead? Okay. So you're you're just not you're not like gung ho about buying the ring, and you say, but I want to be loving to dad yeah. who has come up with this nice idea, right? But my point is, you could say this is uh, you, you don't want to buy the ring. Someone has said to you, you know what? It's not for you. It's for him. So then you're kind of like, you know what? It's not for me anyway. It's for you. Yeah. There's a version where the person buying the ring hears that and is like, what? You're, no. Or yeah, maybe, whatever. And it doesn't, you don't see stars. And it doesn't cause a synagogue ending fight or whatever (laughs) it was. So what do you think was so intense about that for you? Um. Well, you know, it's sort of the whole backdrop of the of the discussion we've had. You know, there was a sort of ongoing. That's why I raised the issue of the annual review. I mean, there was a sort of ongoing. Do I real? Does she really value what I'm spending mm-hmm. all my time doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 frankly, it wasn't easy, and it was hard. And it was hard to be successful at it. It wasn't taken for granted. And there are so many people who are in similar positions who weren't successful at it at anywhere near the level that I was. Google so, him. So I Check felt, it out. So I just sort of felt like, you know, this was like mom was really not appreciating how hard the work was and that for me, it it wasn't, you know, it was there. There was definitely like I'm doing this for an objective. I'm not doing this for love of work, mm-hmm. and I knew that, right? And so, and the objective was to the, make so much money it, that it, it, you could do whatever you wanted. The objective was to create financial security for our family. Yeah, no to provide what. for the family, and you know, and I didn't. I can't say there there were moments that I really enjoyed it, but overall, for many, for, there were m- many moments that I was really aware this is not what I feel passionate about, uh, and so you know I, I kind of felt like here it was I'm I have this self image of myself and how it fits into my role as provider and father and whatever husband. And you know, hold on one second. My dog is crying. Okay. So, um, so I was saying, yeah, that you know, so for me, the, the mom's reaction to this was, uh, 
was imbued with a lot of symbolism and meaning. And it was beyond the ring. It was beyond, you know, it was about my life and the life I'd chosen. And it was also sort of this sense that here I've been thinking of this life in a certain way and, you know, which was to be a provider and to, um, you know, be able to raise a family that we wanted to have and have those priorities in life. And, you know, in the flashpoint of it and what we think about and anger and then what we come to understand and digest over time is different. My, my reaction was, was like, you know, here it is. I think I'm being this, you know, good guy and making even self-sacrifice in order to achieve a certain level of comfort and security for my family and my wife doesn't appreciate it. But what's so interesting, I just think what's interesting about this fight is it's not like, it's not even like you really have a strong point of view about it. You just like said something dumb. Yes, and and like totally uncharacteristic, like repeat something, some idea that's not my internal idea. But what you're saying makes me feel, yes, like I don't think that I have a good way to show appreciation and recognition. I mean, when you're talking about the stakes are so high, this is like, uh, again, it's not like I did this thing for you this afternoon. It's like I'm putting aside my individual desires, maybe about my whole life, to, you know, slog away at something that has some, like, you know, satisfaction to it, but that is hard work and is not like, I'm I'm following my dream, you know. Uh, How do you say, wow, thank you, or I appreciate it. It's not like I can give you a gift of, you know, here's something special for for you uh, as a physical material gift, as a thank you. It's bigger than that. And and the, what the words are that would count for that, that is hard. And I think then maybe like right at that point would be where, wow, if, is, that, is that king into some sort of imbalance so that, it, what it, I mean, or are we just going to like totally buy into? Uh, I'm showing my appreciation by raising our children for you, you know, with you or whatever. Like, is is that what we're about? You know, the, again, like from our this is like so far above my pay grade. <laughs> this is very intense. Very intense. Well, I, I mean, well. it's it's not. I think it's like okay, it's. It's not that it's like so intense, it's just like, it's first of all about something that has developed over a long, long, long amount of time. And also, it's about like, yeah, like choices you make about your whole life. But this is like, if if I don't know if you buy into what I'm saying, but it's like that is... Uh, you know, and you, I mean, it, yes, it's a certain class problem. It's a certain cl- class issue to have, and other people don't have this this issue, but this is like an 
I mean, this is a debate we've had for years and years and years. I mean, it is a it's a it's a class it's issue a, a and it isn't because everybody it, needs to make money to survive. Maybe the a, scale of it is a class issue. I don't think it's a class issue. Okay. I think, but and then it's just like we're just going to reproduce the division. Sexual division of labor is what I read about in college, and it's l- l- whatever the aspirations were of 1970s feminism. It still hasn't been realized, even if we are going to see a woman president, hopefully, this fall. It's not... Hot take. (laughs) What are you you talking about? (laughs) Are you on... Did you just take acid when you went to chase Gemma around the room? (laughs) It's not... I think... I I don't know. It's a little bit like... It's uh, the... You you could say that, but I don't really think it ha- has a ton to do with your genders, right? It's about like one person who was capable of making a lot of money and one person was not. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I mean that not in my chosen profession. I don't know what I would have done to do <laughs> something else, but yeah, but but that you still were. <sighs> I would say that those issues for me at least are not, even though I'm still raising children, uh, those issues are definitely no longer like live issues for me. Okay. And, and they're not live issues for me either because when I went back to work after five years of retirement, I actually only went back to work because I really thought I was going to enjoy it and I am enjoying it. So it's a, it, it is an issue that I would say is largely resolved but here's here's another little aspect of it which is makes us i think quite an unusual couple to interview about fights okay okay and that is because of how we made our commitment to each other our commitment to each other was like was was burned in in and and forged in like a thousand degrees of heat and because of this issue with your family yes and so we were when when we fight we know we're going to resolve or we're we're not going to have an, uh, you know, this ongoing real conflict that's going to put our relationship at risk. And fights, you know, like sometimes when I've been listening to some of the other Honey episodes, I think, oh God, you know, like how did they stay together through that or whatever? And like for us, we've always known once we decided to get married that we were going to be together for the rest of our lives. So that's interesting because it makes conflict tricky because you don't have, there, there's no fantasy bailout, right? You're, you're there and you're gonna have to just figure out how to resolve it. And you know, and so uh, in some ways it makes conflict more difficult because there is no alternative but to resolve. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, uh, You know, and sometimes resolving means like, okay, we're not gonna get to full, 
perfect comfort level about this, but we can put it in a place where it's not a problem. And, you know, I think there are things in our marriage that fit in that category. Definitely above your pay grade. I don't, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we... Um, uh, maybe we want to say, well, what was it like before? We were like, this is this is it for life, and there's not going to be uh, conflict around. But I, here's the thing. I, I feel like most people... I think there are a small amount of people who get married who are like, this might not work out. We'll see how it goes. But I think most people are like, this is for life. <laughs> and oh. yet, and many of those people do not make it work. So Later, it's yeah. a problem. Well, I don't think we ever had an issue that rose to... I mean, we didn't have an issue that rose to any existential level. And what we did find out in our early dating and courtship was... Uh, we had a couple of moments where we really were thinking of breaking up, but we had already planned a vacation together. So we decided that we would, I mean, this happened twice. We would break up after vacation because we'd already (laughs) made the plan. And, you know, who's surprised that going away on vacation, it turned out that we appreciate each other more. This and is one of those things. Some people come on honey and they're like, vacation is the, is like magical. And, and like, and when you get to real life, that's hard. And then some people come on honey and they're like, vacation's hard. If you can go on vacation with a person, <laughs> you should marry them. But your vacation's magical. Of course, you love vacation. No, I, I, I wouldn't say they weren't like magical. It was just like whatever it was that had gotten us off our, you know, our game together. Just by being together, we just, you know, it was like, yeah. What was it again that was bothering <laughs> us? I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So one one time we went to Nantucket. And I think that was sort of the most serious time. Yeah. The other time was actually Kimmy had agreed to uh, was take, ta- taking everyone away, including the boyfriend, to Eleuthera, and we stayed at like a where what? is Eleuthera? It's like an a island, Caribbean, <laughs> tiny Caribbean we island. We stayed at a Club yeah. Med, didn't we? Something like that, like a Club She's Med. She's a student type. at Hogwarts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly, and uh, uh, and so you know, wow, what are we going to say to your mother? We're going to break up, and she's got this whole plan about us, me coming. I mean, that's inconceivable. So, and in fact, you 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 you'll you'll note there's a photograph of us in the kitchen of like with me with really long brown curly hair, and like we're wearing these these lays or something like that and like we're that was that was from that Eleuthera vacation actually uh so long time ago but yes we we actually did try to break up on a couple of different occasions but just because you know we were also just sort of trying to see is this really you know it I mean there's there's this is going to be a very challenging marriage because there were going to be a lot of issues that it was going to create, and uh, well, 
here we are. Here, you look smug. <laughs> he looks smug, everyone. Um, uh, wait, what was I going to ask? Darn it. So, but oh, oh, so like what you said there a couple times, and you almost broke up. Like, did you break up? No, I like. I feel like the time we were almost breaking up. I remember once was like the year after I graduated from college, and I was living in New York. And you must have, you were probably in New York too. We were living yeah. in different apartments, so it was a rocky time. And so I think you were saying, uh, I think we should break up. I'm like, okay, well, if you think that, then you do it, because I don't think that. <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah, do it. Nice and, smooth. And you know, it didn't come to pass. <laughs> and I think that the called it, your bluff. He he, but. It was then yeah, another yeah. time I was like, I'm, I think we should break up. And Daddy was like, if you think so, then you do it. And I, didn't, I didn't either. We never really never How could really you, um, how could you, isn't it hard to want to stay with someone who's like, I want to break up with you? You just think that there's false consciousness going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You that don't makes sense. really. If you don't think it's strong enough to do it without me agreeing with you, yeah. then I don't, I'm oh, not. That's such a great point. That's a great mm, point. That is a good point. Um, Very good point. Okay, what have we learned? Uh, I don't like to talk about conflict. I don't okay, like to be sorry, in conflict. thank you. <laughs> Making you the perfect guest on Honey. <laughs> Which is, after all, all she did know what to do, so she talked a lot of bullshit about feminism. <laughs> but I, okay, well, wait. I want, now I want to talk about religion. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. Only I just have to get this in. Oh yeah. Which is, you know, how I was raised. The mantra in my family was from Matthew, the New Testament: "Blessed are the peacemakers." That was it. Mm. Blessed are the peacemakers. Mm. That is you're the best thing you know to be a good person that's what you need to be so i think that that has impacted my life that's good doesn't help you when you black out <laughs> well, and it helps me say sorry it does it does immediately i'm almost you almost are always very I'll say. good at yeah you're good at ending a fight and apologizing and i'm actually like glad to know that it's because of this this just kind of like instilled in you from childhood and not some, you know, pathological fear of being in a fight that a lot of people have. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's like. That's very nice. Good Sunday school. Good Sunday school. No, but I, I look, I'm, I'm like that too. Uh, and I think it's partially because I grew up in a family where actually my parents didn't appreciate that didn't emphasize peacemaking as important and as you as you know i think it's very important and i'm not i don't accept when my for instance my children are in conflict with each other yeah and he I, doesn't i don't like that and you know i think it's fine to you know have have your fight but then it's not you know I'm not happy with it simmering forever and ever and ever. And that's because actually my parents almost 
almost encourage that uh, among uh, uh, their children. And I just see how destructive it was. So uh, That's a crazy thing that we don't really have time to get into, <laughs> but that they encouraged it? Yes, I can remember my mother saying, I was saying that, you know, I had not, like, John was really mad at me and he hadn't talked to me in, like, six months. And, and my mother, like, we were... You know, it's like maybe I was in my 20s and he was a teenager or something. And my mother saying to me, it's like, don't worry, he'll get over it eventually. Or, you know, it wasn't like, you know. That's not the same as encouraging. No. But. They weren't like, let this simmer. This will feel good. <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> no, but let's just say n neither grandma or grandpa have demonstrated that they're likely to be the next secretary general of the UN. Uh, they do not have, they, they never demonstrated terribly good peacemaking skills. But I was, as a child, could always count on peacemaking as not only the right thing to do, but brownie points. And as the oldest, I do have to say sometimes, it was extremely satisfying. Everybody else was mad. They were younger than me, but I could control my emotions, and I'm being the peacemaker. So even, you sound insufferable. Even <laughs> enough. Even while you had been part of the creation of some of the conflict. possibly, possibly, <laughs> yeah. So you, that was a uh, yeah. Yeah, was, I used some of my verbal skills too. This is not exactly what would Jesus do, you know, uh, but. Uh, no, I think I, I actually do think that's something that mom and I really share is that we we believe in getting to the bottom of issues, but uh, we we just think that there are in the end there are just more important things than figuring out who's right. And you know, I I really come to this over the past five, six, seven years of my life. There are the people in the world who. Everybody says there are people in the world with the glasses half full or the glasses half, half empty. I think there are people in the world who are really divided between the people who want to be happy and the people who want to be right. Yeah, totally. And uh, I want to be happy and mom wants to be happy. <laughs> really, yes. Even sometimes while she's blacking out. And, you know, and so that's why our relationship works in the end. Thanks for listening to Honey. I'm Julia Meltzer. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Drunk Actress. The show is produced by Ryan Middledorf. Our cover art is by Allie Monroe. And our theme song is by Aaron and Melissa. Thanks for listening. Bye. It's a creative podcast network.